Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies and talk about them my name is ben errington and i'm joined by andy conduit turner hello andy this is strange isn't it it's very strange as i was saying just now i just said some words out loud that i don't think i've ever actually uttered in my life i've only ever listened to them coming from the mouth of mr luke condor with a k who isn't on today's episode can you believe it these are unprecedented times, Ben. This is <laughs> what an unusual. Yeah. What's well, an unusual feeling, isn't it? We should probably confirm that Luke is alive and well. He's just busy this evening, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's just busy, and uh, usually we kind of think, oh, let's let's delay it. Let's let's leave it a week if someone's busy. But you know, we we're both free, so we thought, why not? Let's persevere. Let's give everybody the podcast content that they want, the weekly podcast content they want, and we'll respect Luke's choices in this troubling time for everybody. Yeah, and we've we've already spoken about this ourselves. We've been very clear that this isn't a um, very niche reference I'm about to make here. It's not like a working girl situation. Luke isn't like Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, who's broken his leg, and then I, Melanie Griffith, <laughs> haven't just come in to steal oh, yeah. his job and career. I'm just... Nah. Yeah. No, no, I'm not, no, no. not the new Luke Condor with a K. I wouldn't dream of it. It's not like that at all. But it is strange because um, this is the first time Luke hasn't appeared on the podcast. And in of 150 plus episodes, me and Luke have never missed an episode. I mean, it would be weird if one of me and Luke missed a podcast and it was just the other, ho- other co-host doing it solo. That would be odd. But obviously, you've been on plenty of episodes of, pod- of Horror Hangout now, so you know what you're doing. Yeah. You're just Good to, you know the drill. You can swoop in and uh, be a hero. Be the hero that everybody deserves. Or at least needs right now. Or at least needs right now. Um, yeah, so how are you, though? You good? Yeah, I'm very keen, good, thank you. Keen, yeah. to, keen to talk about uh, a classic today, a movie that I can't believe we haven't discussed before and also can't believe it was never on the the top 50 list of when we originally started this podcast, I guess because it kind of fits into a few genres yeah um 
for me, and we'll, and we'll come to it, it feels like this is a film that people kind of forget is good and, you know, forget is a thing maybe. Um, yeah. But we'll come to it, I'm sure. It's, yeah, we will. We'll discuss it. Um, in great length, at great detail, but first let's talk about some horror news. Uh, a couple of things. I think this actually got announced only a few hours ago um, on the day of recording. So, Scream 5, Kevin Williamson shares the title treatment and reveals that Scream is officially called Scream. Scream 5. Um, sorry, that sounds confusing how I've listed that. It's just called Scream in a similar way that the Halloween reboots and sequels have just been called Halloween. This is just called Scream. Confusing, potentially. How do you feel about that? Um, I think I'm fine with it. It gives me questions as to... Yeah. Does it have any relation to the others or Well, it's like it... the same cast, isn't it? It's got Neve Campbell, it's got uh Courtney Cox, I think everybody. Everybody who is alive f- at, by the end of Scream 4, I guess. Yeah. I, I I don't know. Maybe it means nothing narratively and it is just a uh, you know. Oh. Just what just well, what they call it now because numbers are no good, who knows. I don't know, like the fact Scream 5, I was feeling hyped for it to be called Scream 5 and I did feel a bit disappointed when I thought it was going to be called Scream. And the title treatment is just kind of the same essentially. There was a fan-made poster going around which I saw, which was I don't know if you saw it, it was like the big ghost face made to look like a tunnel and a car was sort of driving through it. Oh no, I haven't seen that. Sounds good though. Yeah, it's been shared a lot as like the official poster, but it is fan-made and I, I don't know something about that and the fact it was called scream five was a bit like yeah yeah i feel good about this maybe they're but, saying um, just scream but then the scream the s will be a five they've got us oh jesus that would be that, that hasn't happened for a while has it we haven't had a number in a it'll be fan four stick all over again or, <laughs> or for 13 ghosts <laughs> the uh, one three team ghosts three one three and ghosts Fan four stick. Wow. Um, I heard somebody say, somebody made a reference. They said, maybe Scream is the name of the, like, the remake film version of Stab in this. Super, super meta, if that's the case. There's a film in Scream called Scream, and it's actually the original script. I mean, that would be nuts. I don't know, but if a franchise is going to do it, it's going to be Scream. Yeah, that's true. Did Wes Craven direct all of them? All of them, yeah. One to four. I haven't seen four for quite a long time. I tend to, when I revisit Scream. What was that? I think I've only seen it the once at the cinema, maybe. When I revisit Scream, I tend to just watch one to three, which is strange, really. I wonder why I avoid number four. Maybe I've not got too good memories about it. Okay. Next up, Stone Village Television, turning Mary Shelley's Frankenstein into a premium TV series. Not just any TV series, Andy. A premium TV series. So premium, um, it means what they expect you to pay for. Yeah, that sounds about right, doesn't it? So um, it's Stone Village, partner of international producer Black Box Media, being written by Bradley McManus, who wrote Bodyguard of Lies. That doesn't sound like anything that we've heard of. Um, it'll be set in Europe, focused on the behaviours obsessions of a scientist, exploring the fine thread between life and death, all set against the context of a year in which dependence on scientific breakthroughs has been paramount. So does that mean set against the backdrop of modern times could do are they are they talking about when they say that they're talking about in the context of this year with scientific yeah, development like, 
I was too busy being jarred by the fact it said, you know, set in Europe. Because my immediate thought was, oh, like the story of Frankenstein is. Yeah. (laughs) That's not really it. Yeah, but what part of Europe? Well, it's all one big mass, isn't it? One big land mass. Um, And Frankenstein used to be chilling in Europe. I'm heading to Europe for my... uh, Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but there, that's all we get. I thought we were gonna get more information than that when I clicked on this link, but apparently not. Um, interesting, I guess. But we're still, are we? Were we going to get a movie, a new Frankenstein movie? Because obviously we're getting a new Wolfman, and we've had, we've had a uh, Invisible and Man if, recently. And recently. Yeah, I guess that's a series, but it's not Dark Universe adjacent, is it? No thinking yeah where they get what was the what was supposed to be the dark universe frank frankenstein who which big actor was a tank attached to that well, i don't it? know who was frankenstein angelina jolie was bride of frankenstein but i don't know who yeah that's right i don't know who I the others john, john the big was johnny were. depp supposed to be the invisible man right yeah he was going to be the invisible man i can't believe they did a photo shoot for this this is what's so embarrassing about it is that they did a photo shoot which was like in a magazine wasn't it with all of them in dark suits posing we are the dark universe jesus you can see why you can see why it's appealing i imagine if you're a producer you know you're one of the money men you see the money that uh, effectively it's mcu and fast and the furious which has pulled it off right having this like connected universe of stories you see how successful and lucrative it can be and you want to do it but in ways and not to enrage the internet here, but some would argue, some would argue that the way that, for example, the Dark Universe and maybe by extension DC Comics um, film universe did, if you try and rush it, it can go incredibly wrong, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it, there's rushing it, but there's also um, the way fans kind of the fan backlash that you can get from pretty much anything now, not just a movie being released, but sometimes just a trailer obviously talking Sonic the Hedgehog here, uh, the yeah. fan backlash seems to have a hell of a lot of power and swing as to whether a franchise has any legs at all. Yeah. And, and fa- can fundamentally change that movie because like Sonic was went through masses of changes. As we've mentioned it now, I want to say this on record, um, bearing in mind it's made by the same producers, as Fast and the Furious gets more ridiculous and it's made by some of the same people that make Sonic, you should just put him in it. <laughs> you would happen. go if 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 it was Hobbs and Shaw with Sonic in Fast and the Furious oh. Ten, all about La Familia. What a time! <laughs> if Doctor Robotnik is the big baddie at the end of Fast and I'm the Furious, against, I'm not against that at all. Because are we going to space yet with Fast and the Furious? They have to do happening? it before the end. It has to happen. Yeah. So, so the next logical step after space is like parallel universes right and different yeah so get sonic in get just let's just mess it mess things up yeah what what a time but um what a time to be alive okay uh frankenstein i don't know or the dark universe who knows or dares to dream (laughs) okay so i've got some news about fright night apparently tom holland not that one uh the writer director of fright night um was working on a sequel that was going to take place as a novel rather than a feature film, apparently. Um, the project is now, to- now titled Fright Night 2 Resurrection, so obviously it's going to, I guess it's going to veto um, the events of Fright Night 2, the movie. Uh, 
And apparently all the classic characters are back. Charlie, Evil Ed. He's bringing back Jerry, everyone he can. Jerry the vampire. <laughs> I don't know about Jerry. Um, but yeah, there we go. That's pretty exciting. Interesting to see yeah, that like in, in a different form rather than a film or rather than a, a director DVD something, director VOD, a novel. Very interesting. I think it's Tom Holland's got his head screwed on. If this gets, in many ways, he could win big here because if he mm. if he produces a novel free of restrictions of budgets and all that other stuff and finding the right actors, and the film crowd go to the novel, then that will in itself create demand to make that into a film, right? Mm. Well, here it says he's going to re- resurrect Billy Cole and Jerry Dandridge. So yeah, all bets are off. Let's resurrect everyone and everything. Yes. Uh, Yeah, for a second, when I read that headline, Tom Holland gives updates on Fright Night 2 Resurrection. For a second, I was like, did I imagine the sequel? (laughs) That I only watched a few. Yeah, but it did. Did It It did happen. Did I dream it? It's not that bad either, is it? No, I really liked it. I really liked it. I can't remember what I said when we discussed it when we discussed the original and then I think I watched the second after that, but on a par, maybe even slightly better. There was something about it. I still listen to the soundtrack like pretty regularly. Okay. A bit of news, a little bit extra special, something for us, Andy is resident evil village. Um, the fact, do you know what? I've completely forgotten. We haven't even mentioned at any point on the podcast, the res we've mentioned the resident evil movie reboot, but have you seen the cat, the, uh, the set photos? No, Man, oh man, oh man. Every set photo that I've seen, every set photo that I've seen so far looks amazing. So I'm going to drop, I'll, I'll send you, I'll drop this in the chat actually, because this, you're going to want to see this. Actually, I don't know how to do that. Um, I've, got, I've got them up here. Little okay, RPD. so there's one outside the RPD. There's one of like a helicopter. Um, and is there one of the mansion as well? Basically, it all looks badass. Um, and I think some of the actors, the actor who plays Leon Kennedy, Leon S. Kennedy, has done like a little live stream on Instagram or something where he's talking about the character. And I think we see his like RPD uniform and that. it looks like it's going to be very, very reminiscent of the games. Pretty much exactly the same in terms of visuals, which I think is, is the dream. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things as well. Like with so many like video game adaptations, there is for whatever reason, be it studios thinking they know what's going to sell or directors who really want to put their own stamp on something creatively versus what the game directors have given them. Um, And maybe that's what leads to some problems sometimes because these things have huge audiences that are very much into the aesthetics and the characters and all the things that have been presented in in video games right in in the original in the original context of them and i totally get it you know let's be a a brief apologist for things like the old super mario movie like (laughs) at the time at the time games were not written with that type of story or level of engagement to it effectively a story was an arbitrary thing to put on your first page of your manual and um yeah you know, and to give some type of narrative behind what was very, at its heart, simple mechanics that you're working through. But now, games invest very heavily in character design and writing and all that other stuff as well. That 
you don't need to completely reinvent the wheel to have something very successful off the back of it. Like, I'm going to go out there, and I, I didn't get through all of the Assassin's Creed movie. I tried to watch it, um, but gave up. Um, you could have you could have got away with a with a much straighter adaptation of the events of one of the games because someone spent a lot of time writing that. Mm. Yeah, but saying that, I'm very excited to see um, something much much closer to the games than obviously we got seven movies of. Yeah. You know, it was kind of seasoned a little bit with the flavor of Resident Evil rather than a couple being... of the set pieces, couple of like recognizable characters, right? And I've I think I've seen all but the last one, and they there's parts of them that are enjoyable. The Resident Evil franchise, I could probably talk about it for hours on end, but one thing I will say is that I always convince myself that they're better than they are, and when I revisit them, I get frustrated and disappointed all over again. The first one is pretty solid as a film, not necessarily as a Resident Evil adaptation, but... Um, all of the others I kind of I've got a lot of problems with. And I did see the final chapter and I saw it in cinemas. And uh, yeah, I, I wasn't best pleased with that. But yeah, very excited to see what they're going to do with this. And the fact that there's going to be a Netflix show as well. It'd be cool if the Netflix show kind of was set in the same universe, which I guess it I don't even well, I guess it will be. Get a I, think it is, I think the movie and the Netflix show are the same. I'm not sure if it's openly it said, cool. but they're doing the same thing, right? So cool if they were like going alongside each other. The events of the movie and the events of the TV show are going alongside each other. Maybe even some level of crossover. That could be cool. Yeah, but I'm, I'm here just, for I'm it. Glad. And however I'm it turns it. out, I know I'm going to watch it. Exactly. And what I was going to mention before that was that there is some more Resident Evil Village footage, and there's a potential plot twist. So I'm not going to discuss that. Um, but I don't know if you saw there was some footage with sort of various celebrities playing the PS5 for the first time, uh, and there was a there was a woman who I don't actually recognise. I think she might be an actress. I'm not sure, but she was playing PS5, and she was playing. There was like more footage of Resident Evil Village. So basically, what we've seen in the trailers, that sort of area, but her sort of running around and doing various things. That I mean, it does look very interesting. Very, very obviously, very Resident Evil Seven. But there's a potential plot twist regarding Chris Redfield, which is very, very interesting, which I'm not going to mention because maybe you don't want to know. Uh, but it, sort of up, it sort of popped up on Twitter this week and I was like, oh, that could potentially be that could explain a few things. They're definitely, and it could be an they're definitely up to something, aren't they? It's never not going to be as straightforward as we all as we all think. But oh, no, no. I'm looking looking forward to finding out and. We won't dwell on this, but I know there's been a big um, like data leak at Capcom, right? And there's talk of, mm-hmm. as part of that leak, you know, all sorts of other stuff, you know, all sorts of bits of financials, like, you know, how much Google are paying them to have it appear on the Stadia and so on. But I think one of the big things about it that we can probably take as fairly given is there is good talk of there being a demo in the same way there was for Resident Evil 7. Wow. So... Not too far in advance of it coming out. I think maybe six weeks before the game launches, we might be getting it. A huge, a huge financials leak, and we're like, "No, interested in that? Where's the demo? Yeah, Yeah. we got a demo. Yeah, that'd be good. That would be good. Because you know, demos are something that's kind of nearly a nearly 
a dead thing right now, isn't it? You very rare you get a demo we, for anything. It tends to be like pre-order bonuses now, isn't it? So like back in the day, you would get the demo, so you would go and buy, you know, to entice yeah. you to go and buy the game. Mm. Now, um, I think notable examples aside from Resident Evil and maybe the recent Tony Hawk's HD remake, mm. it's like oh, okay. you can get this bit, you can get this early if you've already pre-ordered it. So you're kind of banking on people already wanting to play it and just your demo is a taste yeah. they get early rather than something to entice you to buy I've it. I've kind of enjoyed downloading the FIFA demo every year rather than buy the game, just download the demo, play that till I get bored. But this year, I think it was the first year ever, on, especially, well, definitely the first year ever on PS4, but I wasn't a demo for it. And I was like, what? Human. Utterly, no. utterly fuming there we go that's all i got for horror news this week uh have you seen anything of note um this week? Apart, apart from today's apart from today's film no i've been um i guess after all the excitement of halloween and the movies around that i've had a little bit of a little bit of a break i've watched a couple of completely unconnected series we went through the boys which um was great both seasons nice. of that and then as of we just finished before coming to sit down to record with you tonight ben we thought we'd have a bit of a something a bit light and breezy, so we watched It's Creek on um, Netflix. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Very, I've not very actually funny. Not, not seen that, but I've heard good things about it. Very um, funny and very very heartwarming at parts as well. Maybe a couple of tears in that last season. It's been oh. an emotional couple of days, Ben. <laughs> well, it's good to get those emotions out sometimes, you know. Good to have a cleanse, you know. Happens every now and again uh i've not really watched much either it's been one of those weeks um me and my daughter went through the jurassic park trilogy just because i think it was a rainy is a rainy saturday you know much going on it was too wet and miserable outside to really do much uh we're in the middle of a lockdown what we're gonna do we're gonna go through the original jurassic park trilogy and uh yeah, I mean, always good times. I have, I have a good time with all of the movies. The first one is my favourite film ever. The second yeah, one, I, I, I like a hell of a lot more than some people do. I'm still, I ne- I'll never get bored of that. And the third one, as I think, as I mentioned on Twitter, uh, it's got a Velociraptor saying, Alan, I think you just need to stop there and go, don't so, make any more of these films because we've hit the peak of what they're ever going to be. You've hit the peak of, of, of cinema. And, Jurassic Park films, even the ones, um, even the last one, which got mixed reviews from people, I think Jurassic Park to me is a lot like pizza. Like at its best, it is the best mm. you're ever gonna get, right? Um, but even, but even not great Jurassic Park is still a lot better than the best yeah, of yeah. lots of other things. You know what I mean? I think it's just dinos, man. It's just dinosaurs. Yeah. I think ever since I was a kid, dinosaurs and anything improve it. You know. I always liked in my favorite things when there was a dinosaur. I'd be like, you remember when X Men ended up going to Savage Land? Yeah, Savage Land. That was like some of my favorite stuff ever. <laughs> it was like as it's soon as dinosaurs, dinosaurs were added to something I loved, you know, in the, in the X Men comics in the in the animated series. As soon as that turned up, I was like, right, I'm invested. You used to have a ton of Dino Riders toys as well. Oh, dino there. Riders, dude! I can't believe I've heard somebody say Dino Riders twice this week. My mum said it the other day. Uh, oh. She goes, remember that Dino Riders video you used to have? And I went, yeah, I do. I used to have that video. Oh, man. Just the first, I, I guess the series didn't get a full run. It must have been the pilot, right? But it was, 
It was great. Yeah. Oh, great. I don't think I, I definitely didn't have toys. Was the, was your videotape red? I had like a red case, I think, and then a picture of um, Krulos on the T on the T Rex. He was riding on the front there. I don't remember really? any of the goodies names. I need to rewatch this stuff. I had a ton of the toys. I had the T Rex and the Diplodocus. Never the had toys. the Stegosaurus. It was a disappointment, but oh. I didn't have the toys. I mean, I had some. I had some Jurassic Park toys. Maybe that was as. as Did you far have the JP logo? Look, look for that JP logo. Yep. Not JP, not Jurassic yep, Park. Yep, yep. Did you, there was like a, a dinosaurs um, magazine as well where you collected the tiny little bone you know, fragments. The skeletons, yeah, used to be into yeah. that. Dinosaurs were the place to be <laughs> when we were kids. I don't think 90s. it's ever died. You know what I mean? I don't think I've ever fully stopped being super into dinosaurs. Yeah, and I've despite the got, start still, of the film, if they opened a Jurassic Park, I'd go. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You know, <laughs> you in the first it. movie. In the first movie, they say we're not just going to cater to the super rich, and the law. And uh, Gennaro says uh, we could charge anything we want. We could charge ten grand a day, two grand, like as much as we want. People will pay it, and I'm like, I think I would have everything I'd ever want to pay to do. I'd be very happy to save and go and do that, even if I knew I was maybe going to die. Because what a way to go? How did he die? Oh, he got trod on by a. Imagine that, imagine that on your gravestone, you know. <laughs> You walking around the graveyard like is Joe Bloggs, beloved father, is Joe Soap, um, you know, told you he was ill, is Ben Errington eaten by a dinosaur? I bet I, I bet I'd be eaten by the uh, compies. I bet that's oh, what would happen to me. You gotta watch them. Then underestimate. I'm now looking. I'm now looking at Dino Riders VHS on eBay and the Dinosaurs magazine collection with binders, fifty quid on eBay. We, should, we, we, we don't live too far away from each other now, Ben. We can go halves in it. Like radioactive <laughs> <Yeah>. Ben comic. <laughs> oh, man. Just oh, man. This is... Okay. Um, tune in for Ben and I's new podcast coming up soon. Talking talking dinosaurs. with the... Talking dinosaurs every week. We talk about a different dinosaur every week and uh, whether we reckon it would beat the dinosaur from the week before. Uh, that's pretty much it. I mean... Um, I'll tell you what... <laughs> yeah 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 i did watch something else uh so i watched friday the 13th part two i said i was going to watch some of the sequels um and this is the one with sackhead jason Voorhees. i think original recipe jason original recipe jason did you think one thing i know i noticed from this one he's not superhuman at all in this film in fact he's pretty damn clumsy he's falling over he gets pushed over he's slip it slipping on his ass quite regularly um, he doesn't seem extra strong. Like there's a few times where he gets sort of overpowered. I guess this is before Jason had made his full transition to. Yeah, he's not mega yet. Hockey mask mega Jason. No, he's not. Um, but yeah, it's pretty fun. M- most of the ca- again, it's a pretty basic plot, I guess. Just a different camp, um, different annoying kids. I'll say annoying kids. Definitely some of them look about forty-five. Uh, <laughs> some fun kills. I don't think it kind of like adds much to the legacy of of Jason Voorhees at this stage, but I think it's got some cool stuff like the the Pamela Voorhees bits and the bit the fact that he's got again not trying to spoil it even though it's a forty year old film but there's some good good little shocking parts as well. I liked it. I did like it. Yeah, I want that box set as well. I'm really tempted to get it. <laughs> oh man, I've seen so many people posting that box set. It's like everybody everybody in the horror. The horror fan community bought that. Christmas uh, is coming. 
Christmas is coming. Uh, so it's Friday the 13th, part three, when we see Jason in the hockey mask. I think he gets a hockey mask in three, and we get the um, really good 3D stuff in that one as well. <laughs> okay. Very nice. Very nice. But that is pretty much it for me in terms of what I've been watching, unless you got anything else. No, no. It was all about this week's, uh, this week's film, yeah. right? So this week we are going to talk about Sleepy Hollow. So Sleepy Hollow is a 1999 American Gothic supernatural horror film directed by Tim Burton. Um, is a film adaptation loosely based on Washington Irving's 1820 short story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Stars Johnny Depp, Christina Ricci. Did you say Ricci? Ricci, Ricci. Ricci, Ricci. I'm I should have said it out loud, never. I've heard people say Ricky before and I'm not into that. Uh, Miranda Richardson, Michael Gambon, Jeffrey Jones... Um, the plot follows police constable Ichabod Crane sent from New York City to investigate a series of murders in the village of Sleepy Hollow by a mysterious headless horseman. <clears throat> Very nice. Okay, so uh, IMDb has got 7.3. It's pretty high. Uh, Rotten Tomato, 69% critics, 80% audience. Uh, Letterboxd, 3.4. couple of choice reviews from Letterboxd. Silent J says... Christopher Walken is literally three lines in this film. Number one, nah. Number number two, wah. And who could forget, rah. Hang on, Silent J. I think you'll find he also says shh well, at yeah. one point. <laughs> he does, Mr. A. Uh, Maria says, I relate to Johnny Depp's character in this because I too am a dramatic little bitch. Uh, <laughs> um, and then Travis Little has got a bit bit more of a in-depth review he says a richly designed pervasively atmospheric and thanks to its leading man somewhat whimsical horror film tim burton's sleepy hollow is a blustery gory and entertaining piece of work with its superbly rendered and shot sets and landscapes the film is a fine looking chiller with an overarching sense of delightful wickedness which i think is a pretty spot on it's spot on yes it's spot yeah. on description what is your relationship to this movie? I'm guessing you've seen it before. I have. I saw it at the cinema, as I recall. Um, way back. Yeah, I think I saw it at the pictures. And then I don't think I've seen it many times since. I may have, you know, fell into it when it was on TV halfway as you flicked the TV on over the years. But <clears> I don't think I've engaged yeah. with it that much. I think like we were saying before we started, like it's um, goes under the radar a little bit. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird one, really. I now you said you've seen it in the cinema. I'm trying to like remember if I did or not. And part of me kind of thinks maybe I did, but I don't know because in '99 I was 13. So I'm a bit older, so I would have been so '99, depending on the time of year, I'd have been 15, 16. So I'd have been okay. prime, have prime real estate it. for this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think I'm not sure. I don't think I did, but I've seen it a lot since then. It's kind of like one of a family favorite. Like my my sister and my mum are really into it, and they watch it a lot. So I've seen it like a lot, loads of times. Um, but when I watched it this time, I think a long enough amount of time has passed that I couldn't quite remember certain plot points. So a few reveals were like, oh yeah, of course. So it was quite oh, nice was to watch it yeah. and not know exactly where it was going. Um, but yeah, this is probably one of my favourite Tim Burton films. Obviously, I like most of them. Um, yeah. But this is definitely this one is, of my favourites. This is kind of 
perhaps this has aged better than some of the others have as well because it's already a period piece it's not meant to be contemporary at the time it kept at the time it comes out right so it's all it's meant to be set in the days of yore so um it's apart from one or two of the of the effects um and they're they're notable you know what about it it's whenever anyone I, anyone's eyes pop out it's very roger yeah. rabbit but yeah. apart from apart from that like it's What's actually weird, held though, up really well the cgi kind of looks good until those eye popping out moments that is when it kind of looks a bit naff and i feel like why was that kind of added but i guess yeah, because you yeah. could you could have cut that out and it wouldn't have made any any difference because well we'll come to the two bits there's, there's just a couple of bits where it's boggling that they ever would include them like the yeah. eye popping bits but from like the soundtrack um from the performances especially i mean johnny depp's great but especially um christopher walken christina ricci's great as well but like the, the the supporting cast there's so many faces that you're going to recognize from major oh, got, franchises you i've know, got a list somebody, of these bad boys when we get to the i think the somebody council. did so uh my girlfriend said everyone in this film's in harry potter and i don't know i've never actually seen a harry potter film so i'm not sure but well, how many are we saying i recognize one from harry potter but like i went through so we'll get to it so for me i've I've written here in my notes so the first person he meets in the town before he gets a kiss from christina ricky is um johnny rico himself um from starship yeah 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 yeah. and then he meets the council (laughs) and the council of sleepy hollow are dumbledore emperor palpatine Henry Crabbe from Pie in the Sky, yeah. um, the dad from Beetlejuice, and Alfred, Alfred Pennyworth. Yeah. Alfred is like unrecognizable, man. I was for ages, ages. I was like, who is that? Who is that? I know who that is, but and then and then I think like Charlie said, that's that's someone from Harry Potter. I was like, it's not. It's someone else. Who is it? And then when the penny dropped, couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. But what? yeah, what a cast. The fact that we've got Palpatine as well is, is, is awesome. Johnny Depp gets sent there by Dracula himself. Christopher Lee yeah. is in this movie for five minutes. Less than. Jesus, man. This is uh, this is up there. The fact that we've got someone like Christopher Walken in it who doesn't really speak. Say, doesn't really speak. Um, it's insane. Um, this, this isn't actually in the trivia, so don't worry. But do you know who does his body as well? Like his headless body? um no idea uh, i'm gonna give you a hint um keep thinking star wars think of someone who's probably well known for being physical rather than an actual actor okay so uh, the, the, uh, i think for the maybe is it the the guy that plays darth maul he's very acrobatic correct correct ray park yeah. Ray I was gonna I was gonna give you another hint, which was gonna be what happens to a toad when he gets struck by lightning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Very this good. is the thing, like they've got it's like top of the range, absolutely everybody, minor parts, uh the the young kid actor is really good as well. Um but like everything just seems to just work and it is probably like the best like gothic horror. I mean I really like it's like Sweeney Todd's great as well. But this kind of like captures the Tim Burton gothic horror 
better than anything he's ever done for me did you guys cover this when you were chatting with alice about you know films to introduce younger kids to horror like I don't know if we did actually. Where, no. where would you where would you put this in? Do you think your daughter would take to this, or would it be too much? No, I think it'd be too much. There's a lot of severed heads. There's a lot of blood. There's actually a tree full of severed heads. I think that's just a little bit too much. I next don't know. Year. Next year, maybe. Yeah. Something about this film, obviously, like yeah, younger or probably good for a younger audience. But there's always been something that's kind of got under my skin about it a little bit. I don't know if it's like the the witchy stuff. Um, Christopher Walken. Morgan's teeth, um, his little filed down points teeth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's great, and I, and so it was based on it was based on just a short story, not a book. I thought it was maybe a book, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Not something I've ever read. Um, I wasn't familiar with the book. I'm not sure I've ever read it. I'm sure it'd be quite easy to find, but I was familiar with the story from. It's on an old VHS cassette I have recorded from the TV when I was a kid. I'm not sure whether it was presented as a double bill when my parents recorded it <laughs> for me, or just the way it had, you know, sunk up when you record when you recorded them. But there was a couple of animated short stories. There was this, so Legend of Sleepy Hollow, and there was the Phantom of the Opera as well. And they'd done animated versions of them, sort of oh, like wow. these gothic stories, and it was great. I used to really like it, so I came to it knowing vaguely the story from that. It looks like it's been at a adapted like quite a lot of times there was a 1922 film um there is a like a tv show from two series right like a sci-fi one yeah which i i don't know if i just completely missed that but it's set in modern day is that right am i correct yeah pretty sure it is uh i don't know much about it other than that i'm assuming it's going to be it's going to take place in sleepy hollow and is there literally a headless horseman I've no idea, but Sleepy Hollow is like a borough of New York now somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay, okay. But um, no, uh, never, never watched it. Well, yeah, it looks like it's been adapted absolutely loads. But yeah, so let's talk about the cast. So obviously we've got Johnny Depp as Ichabod Crane. He's a quirky yet sympathetic constable um, infatuated with uh, modern science into put, bringing that into his police procedures which obviously everybody else kind of says you're off your head mate what's wrong with you off your yeah, head just Sorry. just torture people and get confessions but um that's pretty much what they think but you think that obviously was happening at a point yeah. as police procedures evolved there would have been like just one guy probably going ah we got to try and trust don't different. move the body don't move the body why not he was in a he was in a, he was huddled up I had to lay them out. Uh, got Christina Ricci as Katrina Van Tassel. Tassel? Yeah. Who's like the daughter of the town's richest farmer. Um, and then Miranda Richardson, who's the stepmom of Katrina and the wife of Baltus, who's played by Michael Gambon. Dumbledore himself, yeah. Dumbledore himself. And yes, yeah, so obviously... So Casper Van Dien is the dude from uh, Starship Troopers, right? Like, yeah, he's, he's like basically Christina Gaston. Ricky's, yeah, he's like Gaston slash Christina Ricci's like fiance, maybe or something yeah, like that. He's 100 percent like Gaston, just like bit of a bit of a douche. He's got the uh, jaw for but, it as well, Dave. Like, yeah. How, who, whoever, who, who played Gaston in the live Beauty and the Beast? If it wasn't Casper Van Dien, they made a bad call. No, it wasn't. It was uh, Luke. Oh, what's his name? The dude who's in The Hobbit, Luke something. 
I think you know what I mean. The one who's like the the te- the like not the main character, but like the main human dude from. I Jesus. think I know. think I know. You, mean. you know what? That doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter. Is because it's not Johnny Rico, the obvious choice for Gaston. Luke Evans. Luke Evans. There we go. Luke Evans. Soz Luke. Soz Luke forgot everything about. It. And then yeah, obviously the the rest of the cast is just made up of like heavy hitters all over the place. Christopher Lee, Michael Goff, um, Ian McDermott, uh, Richard Griffiths. That's um, Pine the Sky dude, isn't it? Henry Crabb. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then obviously Christopher Walken. And even like even like minor minor roles are all sort of filled by people you kind of recognise. I recognise the mum from Outnumbered on the BBC. Remember that? Yep. <laughs> that was my best one. I was like, that's the bloody that is the mum from Outnumbered. It is. What a what a roller coaster. But yeah, like where to begin story wise? I guess like we I think we already covered it right. But so Johnny Depp as Ichabod Crane is actually no we have a. We have a cold open with a man riding on a carriage. Um, the carriage oh, yeah. driver is decapitated um, off camera, and then we see the the person riding in the carriage like, "I'd stay in there. I know the horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know no one's driving, but I just I just sit in there. Someone's chopped my driver's head off, and the horses are riding away. I'd wait, but he doesn't. He dives out into a cornfield." Gets a yeah. gets a little scare from a scarecrow, and then we see Classic. him graphically get his head chopped off. One big swipe, right? One big swipe, and obviously the the blade. One thing that we obviously do come to learn is that the blade cauterizes the wounds. So, not on how much blood. Um, a nice singed neck. I mean, I love the love the main theme of this film, and I know it's very Danny Elfman, but it reminds me of. Have you ever been to Alton Towers? Yeah, the Halloween Alton Towers that when Basically, you used to spook here. Yeah. Any spooky, any spooky ride of Alton Towers, which has got like a little bit of lore attached to it, or, or a story that kind of plays while you're queuing up, like Hex or something. Just reminds yeah. me of that. I was just, just a lovely Alpha music. Yeah. Um. So yeah, then we we're obviously introduced to. So it's late. It's the late seventeenth century, isn't it? Yes. It uh, was. It's, 17 something so they're just about to go into the 19th century oh yeah okay so so it's about to hit, it's about to hit 1800s so in new york city police constable ichabod crane he's we're introduced to him uh what happens he he's found finds a body in the uh, he finds a body in the river and his his colleagues basically say well he's, he's in the water so he's drowned and he said well no that's not true because he's been beat up first so yeah we should find this we should investigate this but his colleagues in the police are very much in he's like an outlier and that people don't really believe his methods he's kind of seen as insubordinate because he doesn't want to beat confessions out of people and he's taken to i'm not sure is the hearing a court case that he's arguing about or has just been brought up in front of like his boss who's christopher lee yeah it's a good point i think he Someone's complaining about his methods and that, I guess, because um, obviously he wants to cut the body open as well to see if the lungs are full of water, to see if did he drown or not. And it's almost like a punishment, but it's also like a chance to prove himself. So Christopher Lee basically says, look, there's been some murders in Sleepy Hollow. And uh, there's been like decapitations where the heads have been sl- lopped, lopped off and 
does he say that the heads have been missing like, as cut, well? cut clean off he doesn't mention they're missing just yet yeah but, yeah uh, and he basically says you go there and use your new methods of um, yeah it says that you're basically on trial here so you go and yeah. show me that these work detect i think he says at one point yeah. as well um yeah so he sends him to sleepy hollow and he's as soon as he gets there he get so pretty much as soon as he gets there. So he's got. Let's just let's talk about Johnny Depp for a second because he's got this constant look on his face, which is like, I really don't want to be here. I shouldn't be here. But also, I might be sick. <laughs> That's kind of the face he's got at any one time. He's almost like he's got his hand with a handkerchief constantly ready to cover his nose or something. Yeah, he he's an odd character in the fact that he is clearly quite comfortable with like autopsies and blood. And he doesn't yeah. believe in the supernatural or or the unexplained, but he's very fainty. I guess it was he's the old days. But yeah, people people in the old days fainted a lot more, didn't they? Because you could die of having a really stressful day in the 1800s. <laughs> or oh, I've had a stressful day at the office. Are you all right? No, I've got, I've got a brain fever. I'm probably going to have to either have to go and live at the seaside for like a year to get better. <laughs> Or you might just go to bed and just wither away. I feel like going to the seaside has stressed me out. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, it's expensive it's here. It's, oh, it's expensive here. Jesus. Oh, man. Everything's just... Oh, this B&B on the, on the coast. Walking with the chips, the seagulls might come and try and snatch <laughs> it. Maybe worse. You're on, you're on the beach, someone's dug a load of holes. You end up falling down one, breaking your leg. Oh, God. This tip tide comes in. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, we've got to watch the tides. Are they coming in? Are they going out? And can I take my dog on this beach at this time of year? Like, oh, I imagine the park? that. Where's but... the park on the seafront? I can't <laughs> imagine that. But in the 1800s as well, even worse. Even worse. That's why they die of it. Yeah, but, and um... you couldn't even go to the you couldn't even go to the beach and expect to see a little bit of skin because they're going to be covered pretty much from, from you over there. More clothes at the beach in the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. more clothes than you'd wear in London exactly um, so yeah he goes, so, he goes yeah, so, so talk, talking about Ichabod Crane as well is that, like, he's clearly quite capable of a lot of things he's got this kind of like air of like clumsy because like, he can deal deal with stuff like when, when the action when things start to kick off in the action and he needs to defend himself like he's alright at it but he kind of does it in this weird like nonchalant uh, clumsy Almost like everything's an accident while he's yeah. managing to survive. Yeah. He's just, uh, he's right. I think this is like this is like a very very specific era of like Johnny Depp characters, right? Like he feels like this was a period, you know, around this era and Edward Scissorhands type of time where this was kind of the character he played, like the slightly spooky gothic type character that's quite gentle and quite nice. This was before his archetype was the Captain Jack Sparrow one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And without like... getting into too much of it as well, obviously Johnny Depp has had a rough few years. I think, myself included, it was almost off-putting if he was instant for a while because his reputation had been quite sullied. And obviously now we're all quite sorry about this as things start to come to light. But I think it was nice, with all that stuff coming back into the news and everything right now, to watch one of his classic performance i'd say underrated performances in this one because it's very enjoyable to watch yeah i think he's a real like 
a real focus, obviously, as the lead. Um, but something about his performance, considering how many other big names there are surrounding him, the mo- ma- many of the like laughs or like the real interesting and entertaining moments came from came from him. And yeah. you know, he's not he's not over the top in it at all. He's kind of got a very understated performance, but I did really enjoy it. Um, okay. So when so he, he so when he turned, yeah, he arrives in Sleepy Hollow, immediately goes to like Baltus Van Tassel's, was it like the town hall or something? Or like like the town hall, or the pub where they're all hanging out. Yeah. Uh, but um, it, the Christina Ricci's character is playing like I, I'm. I'm saying it in the way that you say you hate people say it. Apparently that's how I say it. I just like, <laughs> she she's playing yeah. like a game where she's pretending to be a witch that might give people a kiss if she catches you. Yeah. And she catches hold of Johnny Depp as he's Zickabod Crane is walking through the bar and says, oh, who is this I found here? Do you want a little, I'll give you a little kiss for good luck. And even though he has not solicited this kiss, her boyfriend, yeah. Johnny Rico, immediately hates him. Yeah. He's like, your business, so what's your business here, stranger, you son of a bitch? And he's That's like, oh. exactly the kind of thing that would happen to me, I feel like. If I was walking through a pub and someone was playing a game of like, oh, whoever I grab, I'm going to kiss. But it would be like a load of drunk women at a hen do, and I'd be stone cold sober. And all I needed, and I'm dying for a pee as well. I, I imagine this is exactly the kind of thing that would happen. And you'd get caught, and then the person looking on would be like the biggest, meanest looking guy <laughs> yeah. in town. Who you're then going to have to work with. Kiss my missus, dude. Bang! Yeah. It's a bit, yep. it's a bit going. So, but, yeah. Um, so, he takes us just like to. Poor old Ichabod gets a dislike taken to him pretty much immediately, and then was like, "Oh, you must be that bloody police constable, constable who's come to look for the horseman." And then does he immediately go and meet like basically? Yeah. The... So um, the council, um, Mr. Van Tassel, welcomes him and said, "Oh no, you'll you'll stay with us. We're really happy you're here." And doesn't like the maid say while well, she's setting him up in his bedroom, like, "Oh, thank goodness you're here. Things have been." absolute bollocks what, what all these murders um so he's ushered straight away to meet the council this is where we get like literally like a who's who of these like characters this is when we see yeah. the emperor and henry crab and the dad from beetlejuice and these are all major characters in the community right they're like the town elders so it's like there's like a justice of the peace and it's uh, the reverend and the doctor and you know so these are all like major characters in this small kind of rural community right yeah uh and obviously pretty much from the get-go and obviously we do understand why is everybody just believes it's a supernatural thing nobody thinks that somebody's um responsible because i think ichabod does say it does say we're going to find who's responsible and they kind of go like we know who's responsible it's the the hessian so when they say the hessian that is just like a soldier, right? I didn't know if the Hessian was meant to be a soldier, whether it was meant to be like he was from a particular... Yeah, you know, like a, yeah I, I thought whether it was a rank or something, but I think they say he's a mercenary. Um, so, yeah, they pretty much then they call, explain... They call, him a, they call him a Hessian mercerine, and obviously when I think Hessian, okay. I just think of, like, the sacks. Hessian sack. <laughs> he's just a Hessian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> oh, like uh, Hessians were German soldiers who served as auxiliaries in the British Army. So they were like German mercenaries that joined the British Army during the War of Independence, I guess. Yeah. And may or may not have had something to do with sex. But what we do learn from this little flashback yeah. we get now is that, yeah, he was a he was a rough old character. Um, but you know what? He did love his horse. Yeah, yeah, he loved his horse. When yeah, his horse, when his horse got a bit injured, and, it, and the horse comes back, spoilers. But like he gives it a little stroke, and he's like, "You take it easy here. I'm running." And then this is when he gets stitched up by kids. He sort of hushes them, but then they snap <sighs> yeah. the branch anyway, and he gets murked by the soldiers. Yeah, the soldiers. Well, he puts up a good fight. I think he chops off a couple of limbs. Even takes a head a head or two off, doesn't yeah. he? He's, he's um, dead good. But then they stab him and he's down on all fours and he gets beheaded uh, and they dig a nice little grave for him. How, how long ago was this supposed to happen? So the American see, Revolutionary War. Made, I made a note of it. So we see he's chopped off and then he's buried and then his horse comes back and sort of mourns at his grave. So this horse loved him too. Um, and then they send at the end, like, oh, he's been buried in these woods for like 20 years. So it's kind of shocking, isn't it? That like, you feel like these things and these ghost stories are ancient history, but actually, yeah, in the in the setting of the story, this was like well, wasn't that long ago. Year two thousand. It's like going, <laughs> well, yeah, that guy he was he was killed in the year two thousand. Was he? I was like, what's he yeah. Doing? What's he doing as a ghost then? Yeah, this yeah. Uh, this ghost he died listening to his Millennium CD, and now whenever <laughs> you play it, it comes back. It's like that's a modern thing. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It is weird. It doesn't age yet. I kind of thought, oh, it must be a few hundred years before and this legend's been around for all that time, but no. Um, but yeah, obviously Ichabod is sceptical, to say the least. He's a bit like, well, there's obviously got to be an explanation. It can't be that. He kind of thinks small town, small community. Obviously, there's various various myths and legends that they've all been enamoured by. And uh, yeah, so he says he's going to get to the bottom of it by doing Sound some good. proper police detective work gonna solve this and then someone else is killed so he rushes out to investigate does some he shows off his like this is like a little section where he shows off his scientific methods right where he yeah this is where he explains that the blade is hot which is why the wound has been cauterized Mm -hmm. it's like a a messenger or someone that gets chopped off and we learn about his son in a little bit but one of the one of like the workers of uh or servants of one of the major players in town is killed in the night by the horseman as he as he rides along. Yeah. Um, and life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Johnny Depp does his, um, Ichabod does his like investigations. He like, pours some chemicals on the ground because, oh, there's a chemical reaction that shows that there was blood. Um, I'm watching, what chemical reaction? Like, it's all... <laughs> It shows that it was chopped off in one clean blow, and I was like, "How? What is this?" <laughs> How'd you know that? Um, but, Do you not think yeah. that some people in Sleepy Hollow might just leave? Because I kept thinking this: like, if everyone be- genuinely believes the headless horseman is doing this, and this has already been like how many people? Five or six? I thought there'd be like a mass. Everyone would be like, "Right, see you later." Especially like the richer folk, you'd be like, "Let's get the hell out of here, Jesus!" Or just, just not go out. But yeah. that doesn't help. But later on, he, he comes around, comes a knocking, doesn't he? But um, <laughs> he comes a knocking. Yeah, he's just like a door-to-door salesman. Just uh, if you pretend you're not in, hiding behind the sofa or whatever, he'll just kick the door in. Well, you know he's got a head. He can't peek through the curtains, can he? Looking at the little glass bit by your door. I was going to say, how does he see? But I suppose as a ghost, magic. He's a. He's. It's just magic. Yeah. It's just a load of magic. Just ghost uh, and magic, but. Yeah, so he, we then go to a funeral for the. We then go to a funeral for the um, the messenger who's been killed, mm-hmm. um, and his his son is his son is there. Um, yeah, his his son sort of comes and offers his services to Ichabod Crane, and at first he's like, "Ah, oh, no, no, you, you're right, kid. I've got no, I've got nothing. I can't, I can't look after a kid. Go and." look after your mom and just oh she's also dead and he feels <laughs> yeah he feels a bit bad for him so he kind of he kind of takes him on after a, he has sort of second thoughts as he stands there and yeah immediately says right the first order of business is for you to meet me in the morning so we're going to exhume some bodies yeah i mean this kid to be fair he's pretty badass he can handle yeah. himself he's good he's a good with a gun Despite the fact that the reload time on all these uh, muskets is ridiculous. Twenty minutes. Yeah. Twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. He's he's really he's a really capable little kid, and he puts um and he you know he puts things together, and he's he's a very loyal, immediately little yeah. little assistant. And actually, let's be clear here, especially at the uh, especially in the era this was created, this film was made. Child characters in films sometimes quite annoying, but he isn't. He's great. No, no, he's good. He's a he's a very uh, sane. I was about to say his head screwed on. He's got his head screwed. Yeah, <laughs> he's got his head screwed on. I'll tell you, let's talk about the tagline for this film: "Is heads will roll," which is simple, effective. I like it. It's good. It's great. It's a good. It's a good tag and accurate as well. Does what it says on the tin. Exactly. Um, um, so it's not. This is where he gets the clue, though, Ben. This is where he gets the clue from Henry Crabb, Pie in the Sky. Um, Now, Ben, you are not a professional detective, I understand. But for me, I wrote in my notes here, baby, obvious clue is obvious. When when Henry Crabb gives him a cryptic clue and he's like, there are three graves, but there are four murders that were committed. Four bodies, three graves, (laughs) and then walks away. And then Ichabod Crane goes and 
destiny rose as soon as someone says four bodies three yeah. and he, exam, he examines all of them. I go, okay one of them is a woman she must have been pregnant i am not claiming to be sherlock holmes ben i'm just saying yeah got a straight away <laughs> obvious clue <laughs> but, but ichabod goes and investigates and he uncovers through a gory autopsy scene you know he steps out into the street with all the outraged villagers coated in blood having yeah. done this autopsy and announces that one of the previous victims of the horseman a widow um is was was expecting a baby and he immediately leeches onto this as like a um as a motive yeah and the town's a bit up in arms because obviously this is him showing off his his methods but then night falls and we get one of our first like confrontation spooky scenes right so first we see ichabod going through a covered bridge it's like a covered bridge and it sounds like the frogs in the in the pond are saying get to fuck um, <laughs> I'm sure they're meant to be saying something else, but that's all I could hear. Um, and then, the and then a headless horseman with a with a pumpkin head steps out in front of him yeah. and, and runs him out of town before executing. Like he runs, he basically runs Ichabod Crane down and has him banged to rights, trapped. But then he doesn't chop his head off. What he does is he wazzes a pumpkin at him. I don't think any person, any human, could throw a pumpkin like that. It's an incredible yeah. throw. It's almost like what do you what do you hold on to with a pumpkin like that? Hey. You're kind of like unless he's made a few little holes in the back of it, like, like a, a bowling ball. ball, and then he wazzes it. I just don't understand. I feel like it'd be awkward. You kind of be like, especially one-handed. I mean, that's kind of impressive. But obviously, rather than leave Ichabod to think Jesus Christ was that the horseman, they he just runs off like just round the corner pretty much and him and his mates start laughing and it was it was brom van brunt yeah johnny rico himself and they're having rico himself yeah. a jolly good laugh at his expense and this is what i've noticed here so he's had this encounter with what he thought was a ghost and he faints after he's heard them laughing so like <laughs> yeah just thinks the ghost oh just thinks like, the voices in his head he's like oh no i've been slightly embarrassed by these local bullies <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, is fainting supposed to be like a defense mechanism? What is it? Okay, I, think it's, I think it's just the olden days, Ben. Like people were a lot easier to make faint back then. Yeah. You so get, is no sugar you, in their blood. You haven't you haven't seen yeah, no more no processed sugars and I guess um you didn't have T V and stuff, so you'd be more surprised by things. <laughs> oh bloody hell I've never seen that before faint yeah exactly we, I do have some faint based trivia for you at the end oh, oh looking um, forward to it yeah so he has he has a faint and then he yeah. has the oh this is when he has the first little bit of a we have several kind of dream sequences right where oh, yeah, where we sure. see kind of his past Ichabod as a child um, with with his little uh, Lloyd Christmas bowl haircut, <laughs> Lloyd Christmas hair, and his mom who is like a bit witchy, mm, a little nice bit witchy, witchy, yeah. But she's like involved with. I'm assuming this guy isn't her dad, right? Is it her dad? It's his uh, dad. Sorry, yeah. his dad it is his dad. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he's, um, and he's the so guy he's, that plays like creepy bloke in tons of like British TV yeah, dramas. So he's obviously he, he he obviously doesn't want to be a witch. He's like, read this bloody Bible. That sort you out. Get the Bible. <laughs> this is it's a later flashback, I think. But yeah. this is oh no, it is here. Oh no, it's another. It's a it's a faint later when like in this one we just see a drawing. What is a fairly innocuous like moon and stars on the in yeah. the dust in in the fireplace. But then later he sees it and he loses it's his mind. He's like, read bloody start your witch eat this bible go on read it i don't want to read it it's good there's going to be a test on it (laughs) all right yeah it's going to be a test at the the end and the answer won't be moon and stars (laughs) it'll be jesus oh no it it might be jesus but you won't know until you read it so get and read but um yeah that's that's more to come we kind of see this built up on i guess if we're talking critically, this was one of the points where I sort of thought to myself, was this necessary in the film? Do you think that the backstory that he... It felt like it was only there to explain why he had the little scars on his hands, like the little dots. It felt like that was all it did, was explain Just not that. Them, eh? <laughs> what was that? Just not had them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, um, that, makes, that makes more sense. That was It was a, did feel a bit bloated. I guess if anything, you could say like, he explains a bit later on that that was when he lost his faith. So maybe that's to explain why he likes science. Yeah, I, I mean, really you love science. You he hates just, the moon and stars because of you that. Could have just, you could have just had a scene where he was at school and someone going, "Oh, today's a science lesson." He's like, "Oh, that's interesting." All oh, right, a what? science okay <laughs> loads of like flashback dreams where he's like getting an a in science oh you're dead good at this you're right, making- yeah. doing doing a chemical re- doing a chemical reaction based on a sword <laughs> taking someone's head off in one clean swipe yeah, yeah that's yeah. where he learned it that's where he learned oh, it this this chemical reacts if it was one chop uh, if the smoke is blue that's two chops red three chops yeah <laughs> it would have been that but it yeah. wasn't it's was, it's it's this that ha- kind of has the the background um, but he, he wakes well in the on. morning he's been he's been taken in and looked after um and this is where we get uh, another little bit of kind of setup for the future as well right so in the in a discussion with christina ritchie she gives him a she gives him a book yeah book that fits in your breast pocket and says we'll oh. protect you from harm and again i didn't remember this film I didn't remember all the details like you, Ben. I hadn't seen it for years, but I thought to myself, wonder if that bullet's going to stop a book, uh, that, that <laughs> stop a bullet at some point in the future. That yeah. one that, fits in you, that book that fits in your breast pocket and says, I'll protect. <laughs> um, almost and almost also, shows her, also shows her the optics puzzle about the red cardinal, you know, the one that's in a cage, a bit like, yeah. a bit like Bioshock Infinite, when he's like, this is the yeah. bird and this is the cage and this is a... Fascinated sort of, by it though, Christina Ricci fascinated she's like what the f- have you done that then careful she doesn't faint that would have been that would have been embarrassing wouldn't it? but this is another one of his like kind of detective points as well and this is this is actually I, i'm making light of it but this is one of those cool things that makes this a fun detective story because it gives you as a viewer all of those pieces especially if you're saying this is partially aimed at a family or younger audience as well 
you know, that's really getting into this type of story, it gives you the thing, you know, when he talks about how, okay, this isn't, it isn't magic, this is optics, as in what you see isn't always what's real, which is, you know, which which comes up a little bit later. It's it's all right. It's all right, you know. It's a nice bit of, it it's a nice bit of setup. I like it. Is it next up? Ichabod actually witnesses the horseman killing um, right. Pine the Sky dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't remember. Is that what are they? I think he's leaving, isn't he, Phillips? Yeah. Um, he's he's ready to get out of there. He's Ichabod goes after him, says, well, Where are you going, mate? Don't mug me off. Yeah. I know. I know the, I know the truth. This is the, that you were covering up the fact that this person was pregnant. He says, As the justice of the peace, he was trying to give her the, her and her baby the protection of the law she came for advice so he is now worried that he has to get out of town because he's worried that he knows too much and is going to be finished off and yeah. um lo and behold he is in short order he should come along but the headless horseman himself the headless horseman so this is obviously quite cool because um it's quite a good reveal the sheep start sort of running away we get obviously the classic lightning and then it's a very good shot where we see him emerge from the mist, Headless Horseman, but from quite far away. So we kind of see him coming right up into him. And Ichabod, as as you'd expect, is... He, I mean, he, he doesn't react... One thing, usually in a film, if someone's tricked and then suddenly they see the real thing, it's almost like they're... It's set up for them to be like, oh, come on, not this again. I know... But he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. He, re- he reacts in pretty much the same way as you would from seeing that because Phillips's head is taken, taken clean off, and it's obviously quite funny as the severed head rolls down the hill towards Ichabod and lands between his legs. And the Who were? Oh no, he does. He gets like sl- sl- taken away, doesn't? It? So it lands between his legs, and then the headless, yeah. headless horseman stabs it up with his thing, and then after he's run away, then um, yeah. Ichabod faints, and this is where he has his second, like, flashback dream about his dad telling his mom to get some Bible. Get some Bible. Have some of this Bible in your ears, in your eyes. Sorry. Read this. Um, so, draw no moves and stars. What, what makes him then go to the Western Woods? Um. Well, at first he is. Um, oh yeah, he's he's shaking he's, up. He's really out of it. He is completely off his chops um and they're gonna they give it they've given they've given up on him he's had a brain fever for a couple it was of a days horseman. headless and <laughs> yeah. so yeah we know we know mate we've been telling yeah, you been telling you the whole time he's like yeah but i i believe you now i've seen it yeah, yeah we've been telling you this whole time and says sorry i'm better from being temporarily mad i've decided i am going to um pit myself against this ghost and I'll find out why he's doing these murders. So I do believe it's a ghost, but I believe there must be a real person who is pulling the strings. Yeah. And I'm going to find out what it, it is. is. It's quite crazy how quickly he goes from, like usually in a movie when someone's whole belief system is completely upended um, in terms of their character arc, it might then take them a while to get back on the straight and narrow, but it's pretty instant. He's like, right, okay, I'm on board with this. I've seen it with my own eyes, but maybe that's as a character. He is the kind of person who believes what is kind of there in front of him as physical evidence. So he's seen Enough. a ghost and he's like, surreal. yep, ghost surreal. There we go. Um, so yeah, he goes to the Western woods just with um, Masbeth, isn't it? His name. Yeah. Young Masbeth. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
young man's buff. Um, he's the only one. Obviously, he does ask for other people to volunteer, and they don't. Um, and as they're walking through the creepy, creepy woods, um, they go to like just a cave, and it's literally a cave with a woman saying "woo," because as they they find it, because it's <laughs> the woman. What's that? Can't be um, it says here in the Wikipedia thing, a crone. An old woman who may be disagreeable, malicious, or sinister in manner. Essentially, she's a witch, though, right? Yeah, she's a witch, but she seems really helpful. Um, yeah, terrifying, but helpful. And she decides to do a little bit of a, a bit of a magic to get possessed so she can give him a clue. Um, this is where we get the eye pop. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Because she's got like pop. a her her hair is brushed back because her hair norm or a veil normally covers this witch's face, and then when she does like a bit of a jump scare and lunges forward at him, she has like big empty eye sockets, and her eyes come out on stalks, like as if a Looney Tunes cartoon just saw like something yeah. spooky. She chains herself down before she gets possessed. Yeah, so she can't. Of... So she can't reach whoever it is. She pretty much reaches him now. It's because he leans forward like an idiot. He's like, yeah, he's like, hello. Lean forward, and goes to touch her as well. Like, if you saw someone chaining himself up, I think you'd maybe kind of know that yeah, potentially cha- what was going to happen next. She chains herself up and then does a test that she can't reach him. Yeah. Excuse <coughs> me. So, yeah, so basically gets the information from her. She basically says uh, the horseman's grave is at the Tree of the Dead, which is like, what, five minutes away? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't seem very far, does it? Literally over the road, um, yeah. And then they see like the flash of somebody on horseback, um, it, just ahead. Uh, Ichabod goes on to try and see who it is, and he's ready, basically ready to pop a cap in whoever's ass it is. Um, but it's Katrina who's come after him, and she's gone. Oh, oh, no, one, no one else. No one else come. wanted to, so I did. So I did the right thing, which was wait until you'd already left, and then come after you, and go somehow get ahead of you, and then scare the living shite out of you. Very helpful, Katrina. And then they have a little moment, um, but it's interrupted by young Nasbeth. He's like, found the tree of the dead. It was just over here. And um, <laughs> yeah, he chops into it. Oh, yeah. He gets, all, he gets all bloody. Thankfully, most of his clothes are black rather than white, because otherwise that is not coming out. He chops into the tree, which is bleeding, full of blood. Um, and, he, and in the tree finds all the heads that have been gathered so far by the headless horseman. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much every severed head. I think the first one we see is like pie in the sky, dude. The latest one, obviously, whoever the latest head was there goes right at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. He arranges them like that. Maybe yeah. it's like, um, you know, you've got a spreadsheet, you can like, you know, sort it however he wants, and he sorted it by oldest to newest. Are you giving me a spreadsheet analogy, Andy? That's not like no, you at all. No, not like me at all, but yeah, that's how he does it. He's just an organised, <laughs> an organised Hessian. He's just an organised Hessian, exactly. There you, might be able to, you might be yeah. able to filter them by, you know, the types of person, <laughs> they men and women, sort it out. Yeah. But, he's, Age. but then they're interrupted in their investigation where, like, a portal opens in the tree and who should come out but the, the headless horseman's horse and, like, they, they find his grave, they find his body and then the... Yeah. The, the body itself doesn't move, right? The roots of the tree kind of touch it, and then a ghost of him comes out of the tree. Like, it manifests in mm. a body from the tree. Yeah. 
Um, oh, no, but off he goes, and not only is the head of the horseman back, but his horse also must have some sort of unfinished business because that can also come back from the afterlife. Yeah, the horseman's sorry, the horse's unfinished business is the fact that his bloody Hessian died, and he couldn't find anyone else to kind of take his place. So it's a bit unfair that the horse has gone to hell, though. Yeah, it's a bit unfair, but maybe it's just a bad horse. You know, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> kicked a kicked a child. Or something like that. But if that happens, you get re- reunited with your pets when you go to hell or heaven. Imagine if you and your pets had had opposite moral alignments, though. It'd be sad. That'd be the saddest part. Oh yeah. Like if you if you'd been a re- had a really good life and you get to heaven, but your dog had actually been mean. So there he was. Oh, he's not here. But either way, the the horseman goes off and he is rushing into town to get someone else. And Ichabod goes after them in an attempt to try and warn whoever it is. We don't know who it is at this point. Um, but the town is being guarded by um, some young men of the town, Rico's Roughnecks. Um, they're there, they're guarding. They're, they're actually watching over the city, right? But um, yeah, we find the horseman arrives at... We've seen these characters a couple of times and just had incidental bits. It's the um, midwife of the town and her husband yeah. and their little boy. Um, they're just having a nice evening in. Had a little game of Connect Four. Um, <laughs> the kid is like, but the got... kid's been cheating again, so they're like, oh, get yourself to bed early. He's got one to... of those things in his room, which uh, is a nice little spinny nightlight put thing. It, put on a candle and it puts nice nice pictures like um like dragons and stuff on the wall it's um, pretty terrifying it's like a witch uh something yeah. yeah there's a lot but um their their pleasant evening is interrupted when who should come knocking at the door then the headless horseman and he's horseman. straight in and he's changed it up this time he hasn't got his sword he's got some axes yeah why is why has he changed it up? Was he just like bored of the swords? He, yeah, or he just upgraded just, the me, just upgraded his melee weapon, and he's like, yeah, maybe he's just yeah, this. maybe he's been he's not been using these ones, and he thinks he's going to try and upgrade this one a bit. Yeah. So yeah, he's um, so he's he's going through, and um, the midwife's husband tries to protect her, but he is pretty pretty swiftly chopped. He does all right. Up. I think ev- everyone who kind of wants to go one on one with the horseman does all right for a bit, but just that he's, supernatural ghost power just he's, he's overwhelms. No match for him. He gets his head chopped off. The midwife herself manages to hide their son in the under the floorboards, yep. but then she gets her head chopped off, and we get quite an effective part, don't we? Where we see like we don't see this woman get her head chopped off, but she's just kneeling down. And then we see from the perspective of the little boy under the house looking up and you see like his mom's, you hear like the thumper and you see his mom's face looking down at him. And obviously she's had her head chopped off. Um, And then he almost leaves. But then he he does find the little boy. He grabs him. He grabs the little boy and I'm assuming does cut his head off, right? Because he's shoving something into a bag as he's leaving. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see that. I must have looked away because I have a question as to what happened with a little boy because... Yeah, so he's picking up the boy and then it cuts away and then we see him leaving. He's shoving something in a bag so we assume it's another head. Oh, I've just made an alternate. What what did he do with the kid? Toss him into the sun. But he didn't. He just... 
He just he had his head off, mate. He had his head off. He's uh, like, what? Kill, it, kill him in another way other than decapitating him. Not interested. Not in. But um, this is when. So as he's leaving, sorry, you go on. Yeah, this is you. You're right, Ben. So as he's leaving, Ichabod and um, say his real name is Grom. Uh, is Brom. Brom. Brom van Brunt. Yeah, Brom van so, Brunt. They confront the headless horseman. Well, he Brom f- fights him first. Yeah, and he's he's holding his own, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing really well. Even though uh, he's not a sword, just a gun. So initially, it's like the headless horseman kind of just knocks them down and walks away. But I think he just gets a bit irked at some point. He's like, right, and then that's it. I'm gonna, I am gonna kill you because I'm only. It looks like I'm only going for specific victims. I'm not. I'm not after you, so I'm not gonna do it. And he. Knocks him down, tries to walk away, but as soon as Ichabod gets involved as well, um, two on one action, uh, just Horseman's had enough. He's like, right, what are you getting in there? And he stabs Ichabod and tears Brom in half. He does like a sort of slices him in half with the double axe action. Uh, But yeah, Ichabod, he kind of stabs and lifts him over, doesn't he? Which is pretty, yeah, pretty pretty brutal. Yeah, but luckily the blade doesn't seem to go in that deep um, because after that, Ichabod wakes up and he's pretty much all right. He just has a few stitches. Is it stitches, I guess? No, he's been, he's been magicked better. He doesn't have any stitches. Uh, yeah, magic. Um, but yeah, so then he, he, he did, has worked out that a horseman only murders specific victims and that those he killed are all linked by some kind of conspiracy. Um, and then he does does quite a lot of detective work here, where he works out that the first victim had married the married this widow and written a new will that left his estate to her and unborn unborn child, and obviously they got killed. So someone in somewhere is after the estate or after something, and he basically works out that all of the victims except Brom um, are either beneficiaries or witnesses to the will. Yeah. And decides that the horseman's master must be Baltus. And he writes it down in his book with lovely cursive. All, or was it all evidence points to Baltus? Yeah, all evidence points to Baltus, which is no good because, um, you know, he's, he's the, the master of the town, if you like. And yeah. Christina Ricci is uh, very sad that she's pointed to her dad as the criminal and she protest that it can't be him because like if she knew him if Ichabod knew him then he, he would know that he wasn't capable of it and at this point a lot of the townspeople have kind of lost faith in in Ichabod mm. as well right because all these additional killings have happened yeah I guess like they kind of thought he was going to be the answer to it but if anything they've spiraled out of control since he's been there bloody hell Ichabod yeah um, so Katrina, so Katrina, not long after that, burns the evidence, doesn't she? She burns the yeah. accusation, essentially, after she burn, discovering it. She burns the evidence, and then we have this huge confrontation. Um, we have this huge confrontation in the in the church, right, where yep. all of the things that have come about have been um, all kind of come to a head. So Emperor Palpatine gets clubbed on the head by Dad from Home Alone because he doesn't want the truth to come out. And then Dad from, Home, Dad from Beetlejuice. Dad from Beetlejuice, <laughs> yeah, not Dad from Home Alone. Um, 
I was confused and, for a second there. And then and obviously, he, he is in turn shot by Boltus, who is then... Well, just before, Boltus obviously sees the horseman coming up on... Uh, we've missed. We've actually missed one particular bit, which is the fact that Ichabod witnessed um, Mary Van Tassel, Miranda Whit- Richardson, getting it on with... Uh, what's his name? The dad from Beetlejuice. Dad from Beetlejuice, she, yeah. And she does, and she cuts her hand, and the next morning she sort of almost teasing Ichabod says, "You haven't asked me how my hand is for whatever reason." Um, so, and then we kind of think maybe she's involved, but then obviously it's a bit of a red herring because then we see the horseman coming up on her when she's gathering some plants for her yeah. hand. Oh, and that's and right. So Baltus, Baltus bolts before. Yeah. That's why he got his name. He, does, he, he doesn't stay around to uh, to help her. He go. He runs to the church and says that she's been killed. Yeah. And the horseman, it appears, can't come into the church, I guess, because ghosts hate church. Ghosts hate churches. Um, he throws his axe into the church grounds as well, and it melts. So uh, he needs to find another way of doing it. And you know, he's pretty. He's pretty he's good. He's resourceful. At, he's very, very resourceful. So um, he's unable to enter. The so while things are, probably remembers yeah, of. You know, while he's been in hell, he's probably visited and met popular Mortal Kombat character Scorpion, and he's taught him a trick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, while it's all kicking off, Boltus sort of goes up into this sort of like a platform or something right by the window. Horseman grabs some rope, uh, gets a fence post, spiky fence post, and basically f- flings it in. Harpoons him, drags him out across the across the church grounds, all the way to the to the fence, and then slices it off his head. And everybody basically sees it. Katrina faints, another faint, and uh, and then we see a large diagram drawn on the church floor, which is the same as the one that was drawn underneath um, Ichabod's bed. Ichabod's bed. Um, so yeah, at this point, basically. Just thinks yeah. it was her, doesn't he? He basically just gets to the point where he just assumes it's her via some sort of witchcraft. Um, yeah, and he was, yep. she was cursing him with a, the evil eye. So we jump to the next morning. He says to young Nazbeth, you can never say that it was her. There's no proof. So, you know, even though I think it's her. So, but I'm, I'm just going to go. I can't investigate this anymore. I've gone back and I've failed. And he gets in the coach and starts to head back head back um, to New York and much like any commuter, he goes to get some entertainment out. So he gets his 1799 equivalent of his DS out for while he's um, on the thing. He gets out his little optical illusion twister. Yeah. And um, I mean, I'm gives him an idea. I really give you. <laughs> oh, I mean, hours. Uh, I reckon four seconds and I'd be like sick of this shit <laughs> yeah it's like sick of cage cage bird both together <laughs> both together what's gonna happen next oh. it's that uh, one that's so extraordinary yeah. the pleasure of that is showing it to other people and amazing them by it. it hasn't really got that much mileage for you yourself yeah exactly um so what is it that sort of kind of makes him go back now? He just he realizes. Well, he, he does by playing with his DS. He realizes yeah. that oh, what I said earlier about optics uh, and what you see might not be 
what, yeah, what it is. So right. he turns the coach around and heads back. But unfortunately, he's not in time for... He, he doesn't get there in time because um, our heroes, young Nazbeth and... Um, Christina Ricci are, are captured by the evil stepmother who was behind it all along. She wasn't dead. Um, the person whose head was chopped off was actually a servant. The servant girl. And obviously Ichabod works this out. He goes to the morgue, sees her hand. This cut was made after the person was dead. But when we see uh, Miranda Richardson killing the servant girl and making the cut, she makes the cut like immediately. Like, would, <laughs> would that affect things too much? Probably not, but uh, yeah, we like to believe that. Um, and then we do get a classic uh, bad guy explains their pa- their entire plan because you know they think they've won. So while basically, I explain my entire plan, yeah. So basically, her family used to be there, um, and they were in one of the ruined houses in the town. Used to be their home. They. Um, were left penniless after the parents died of disease or something like that. The family that have been behind everything haven't, didn't help them basically. So she's rightly right fucked off. And she was one of the two kids. Um, her and her sister yeah. were one of the two kids that snapped the branch. So that was that a bit that I could. Killed. That was a bit I couldn't remember. That was a bit that was yeah. new information to me. I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten that bit completely. That was them. And this and her sister was the witch in the woods. Yeah, of course, also killed she, she's killed her. She's gone chopped her head off. As I don't really know why. I guess to cover her tracks. Um, because old so, witches are notoriously great witnesses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, so yeah, so basically, she explains absolutely everything: how she got into the household, the Van Tassel household, um, and how she drew everybody else into the plot. And the fact that she's been using the horsemen to eliminate all the heirs and witnesses. Um, uh, and there we go. And then she does her final summoning, which is to summon the horsemen. To get these to guys. Katrina. I just kept thinking, how did she summon the horsemen to, like, not kill her? Come and pretend to kill me, but only so my husband runs away and then... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> You think like like maybe she's just getting better at summoning him. I think if I could summon the headless horseman, you'd have good intentions, but eventually you'd start to abuse it, wouldn't you? Like if you had the headless horseman's skull and you could be going to get my, sh- be going to get my shopping uh, yeah. every week. It'd, it'd be like right, my click and collect period headless horseman is between two and three. You must be there, <laughs> and they'd be off collecting it up. <laughs> But uh, this time he's come to collect the head of our of, of Katrina. Um, so he's on the way, but Ichabod Crane arrives in time, and we have quite an extended action set piece here, which I guess we don't need to go beat for beat. It begins with blowing up a windmill, and then there's a huge woodland chase on, on a carriage. Um, I feel this is the point. This is a bit of scream energy to it, you know, where... This time, if if this was Scream, this would be a time that Matthew Lillard is in the costume because the headless horseman, <laughs> yeah, yeah. undefeatable like yeah. warrior, to Ichabod Crane like Tom Beating and Jerry's bag, 
like beats him yeah. with his back and then he chops the thing he cuts the carriage loose and then he crashes in the carriage and then the carriage flips over and lands on him yeah um obviously he's invincible so he can't be he can't be killed but he is yeah they have oh. a big they have a big fight um and we come down to the final scene for some reason the evil stepmom is somehow where they are miles into the woods immediately she shoots Ichabod Crane in the breast pocket. Oh, oh that was it's almost earlier. like she knew. Yeah, it's almost like she... Oh, and by the way, that magic spell, by the way, Ben, that evil eye thing, he saw it in the book that that was actually yeah. a very similar protection. symbol, which is yeah. for protection. Um, so yeah. she was a nice witch all along. But um, Ichabod Crane is not dead. And then my little note here, Evil stepmom hoisted by her own petard. If you think about it, Ben, she yeah. got rid of the horseman, the Hessian, by snapping that twig. And then just when she thinks she's won, what yeah. happened? Young Nazbeth fucking hammers her with a twig, a big stick. A twig, a big old stick. <laughs> she's KO'd. With a twig. Ich- Ichabod throws the horseman's skull back to him, and then obviously we get him a classic. A classic CGI thing where he disappears off of the screen for a second and then appears, and he's got yeah. a few, few more sinewy bits on some his skin. head. And this is another eye pop as well, isn't it? We get some eyes appearing. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked good until the eye pop. And obviously, talk about Christopher Walken's hair as well, like his shock of black hair, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Kind of completes the look, and obviously his sharp teeth. And then he big picks up Van Tassel. Lady Van Tassel, uh, she kind of wakes up. She wakes up as if she's like she's, uh, what? What's going on? I didn't hear my alarm. Like if you get concussed, it's a bit like just forced to go to sleep. You wake up like, oh, well, yeah, fresh. But he gives her, he bites her face. He kind of gives her a kiss bite, doesn't he? Like kisses her, but he's got sharp teeth, so he's just a bit of a bitey guy, you know. She'd have had to have kissed him back to get a tongue bitten though. Because he can't put her teeth into his yeah. mouth. Maybe it's like... maybe it's her lips. Who knows? Yeah. Either way, <laughs> give me your tongue. I don't yeah. want to. Give me your tongue. But um, he bites her, and then they chip off to hell. He doesn't seem too bothered about it. No, no, no. He's just like, yeah, see you later. That was fun. I enjoyed killing a lot of new people. He uh, he strikes me as the kind of guy who probably enjoyed the lopping of the heads. He's Do not going to reckon... be like, you used me. Do you reckon because he's a bad bloke that? in hell rather than being punished he's like a bit of a celebrity and he actually you know he's got a yeah. bit of status there he's all right i reckon so definitely and this horse yeah. um horse. so yeah at the end ichabod returns to new york nice snowy uh with katrina and young Maspath. uh we understand it's a new century it's just everybody's what, been celebrating new year just time oh, for that? a new century right yeah just in time for a new century and i thought oh new york looks lovely looks very um i was like gangs of new york's gonna kick off soon though so you better get yourself ready <laughs> yeah whenever that you, was you, 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 oh, can detect, hundred years. you can detect that though so that's fine you can use yeah. your detective work what i did think of though when they arrive in new york i was like so has he gone to new york with his new girlfriend and a servant boy they've acquired or have they adopted <laughs> him as a son now? or is he the son I reckon it'll start off as like he's the son, and after a while they'll be like, "Oh, I'll make us a cup of tea." Oh, sort drive the carriage. Oh, you do this, and after a while, I'm just like, "Yeah, you're just a servant boy." Sorry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, I forgot. I didn't adopt you as a kid. 
I've, <laughs> I've taken you on as a member of staff. Yeah. You what? I didn't sign anything. Well, no, that's it. Why else my rules? Take a bud crane. Um, uh, I do have some trivia, Andy. Yeah, let's do it. Fancy a little bit of that. Uh, Obviously, got some time for a little bit, little spot of trivia. Taking on Luke's usual role of finding the old trivia, but uh, yeah, so okay. Johnny Depp adopted the horse that played gunpowder. Uh, there was a horse called Gunpowder, and that, but I guess that was his horse. Yeah, it's to the main. Horse. Oh yeah, Ichabod Crane's horse in the movie when he heard it's going to put be put down. But what was its name? And I can give you a hint if you have yep. no idea. I have no idea. Uh, named named after a Pierce Brosnan Bond movie. The horse's name is... It must be Goldeneye. It's not going to be Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> no, no, it's The World Is Not Enough. No, no, oh. it is Goldeneye. <laughs> it is Goldeneye. Um, so, Johnny Depp initially found the idea of Christina Ricci being his love interest interest in the movie to be odd, but why? Um, did they grow up together or something like that? Did they know each other as children? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, he's known her since she was nine years old. So he's like, oh, this is weird. This is, I've known you since you were nine years old. Bloody hell. And she's gone, yeah, now kiss me. I don't want to... <laughs> Uh, I always okay, find it weird that was... she had blonde hair in it and not because I'm just so used to For me, Christina Ricci is Wednesday Adams. Yeah. That is weird, yeah. Uh, so this movie was shot almost entirely with a blue filter. So for the blood to appear red, the liquid used had to be what colour? Oh. This is quite difficult. Sorry about this. Purple? Bright orange. Bright orange. Oh, it's the other way. Okay. The other way, yeah, yeah. It's not filtering uh, out this... blue; it's putting blue. Mostly. It's putting extra blue. I mean, that, that was pretty hard. I don't think I would have got that. How many times does Ichabod Crane faint during this movie? Um, three times. If you're if you're counting with the time he was stabbed as a faint and not a pass out. Well, it says five here, so uh, it, the the stab That's must be counted as well. Do they count when he goes to bed the first night as fainting? <laughs> Just happens fainted to faint. Something. No, I'm just trying to go to sleep. That's fainted. Fainted. Uh, and in comparison, Katrina, how many times does she faint? Oh, she faints twice. Yes, she faints twice. Uh, and the last one is in the novel or the short story. Ichabod Crane's not a policeman. What is he? don't remember um if he's not a policeman is he the witch hunter general no um it's someone that you wouldn't sort of expect to ever be involved in finding a headless horseman and bringing him to justice maker can sit make no he's a school teacher oh okay yeah uh well done <laughs> you got most of them right uh you can have all of them. Have all the points. Yes. There we go. Um, tables have turned. So I guess all that we got to do now is rate the movie. Oh, and what it's a shame that, that Luke isn't here to do this as well. Maybe we'll message him and get his rating so we yeah. can have it for prosperity. Um, I liked this more than I think I remember. 
doing. Like I said, there's a couple of bits that are a bit a bit shaky. The CGI on eye work is weird, but I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this, and I think it's a nice nice Sunday matinee, a nice Sunday matinee horror movie. I'll, yep. I think I will not leave it so long before I watch this again. So I'm going to give this a B. Oh, big, big, bad B. B for b- 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 Boltus. <laughs> Boltus. One of the characters. Boltus. Um, yeah, I'm. I've got a lot of love for this film. Every time I've seen it, I've always, always enjoyed it. Um, and I am a Tim Burton fan, but as I said before, this might be one of my favourites that he's done. Something about it, just something about the vi- the vibes of it and just the atmosphere. Um, it's a soundtrack that I kind of listen to a lot as well. It's one of those, I kind of think, oh, Danny Elfman, listen to the Spider-Man soundtrack, and then I always go, oh, yeah, and he did, of course, he did uh, Sleepy Hollow as well. No, obviously, he's done lots of other Tim Burton with, stuff. You can't go wrong with Danny Elfman. It's a very... You cannot go wrong. Certain but aesthetics. One of those people of... who you can recognise his music instantly. Yeah. I think this film kind of captures the the creepy ambiance. It's a good sort of mystery movie, gothic horror as well. And just the fact that the cast is full of so many heavyweights, it really feels big time. So for that, I'm going to go a bit harder than you. I'm going to go for an A. Oh, very nice. Oh. You know what? Des- oh. Well deserved. I think this this one for me might end up growing over time. But I think right now, with history and today, I think yeah, it's, it's good. It's yeah. like it. It's good. It's definitely one I'll always go back to. So uh, for that reason, it gets quite a high rating from me. Um, and as I said before, like always loved it sort of growing up as well. So for that reason, there we go. That is it. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking about The Brood, um, possibly of Luke. He might be back, uh, but we've got a special guest, Matthew BC, as well. Um, he's going to talk about uh, a film that he made. Oh, nice. uh, that came out fairly recently called Medusa so we're going to chat about that um, so, yeah, yeah it should be fun some nice David Cronenberg we haven't done a David Cronenberg movie on the podcast for a little while I think can't remember what the uh, last one since was since the fly right it's not been maybe since the fly yeah can't think of anything else we've done we did uh, Nightbreed which obviously he's in as an actor rather than a director but yeah there we go uh, okay so thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show become a patron over at Patreon um, dot com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovach Cowman for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating and review and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors and join us there to chat about everything. Thanks to my co host Andy for being a right horror dude and for stepping in as uh, I, I was going to say Luke's replacement, but you know, I would not. It's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Thanks for having yeah. me, as always, Ben. It's always always a pleasure to join you. And um, thanks very you much for holding my hand through the through the main hosting duties because it was a new territory for me, especially even that outro. But yeah, we miss you, Luke. Uh, great. See, see you soon. Bye, okay, dude. See you later. Bye bye now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.